Greetings today. This is Michelle bringing you a word of inspiration, education, um, exhortation, admonition, and instruction from the Word of God. Our subject today is, generally speaking, prayer. And more specifically, the power of fasting and prayer and the knowledge of what it means to wait on God for the answer. I'm going to take as my um, person from the Word of God that will be used for instruction that person, David the King. And this is just an episode in his life which teaches us how to pray, how to fast and pray, and how to wait on God. So, let us begin and talk about prayer. I pray that you will be blessed, inspired, motivated, comforted, healed, strengthened, and the peace of God will come to you today as you come to understand what happens when you pray and how God always, always answers. Be blessed today. Let's bow our heads in just a moment of prayer as we go into the word. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for the listeners that have tuned in today to learn of you, to hear your word, to receive your word, to be instructed in righteousness, to be admonished, to be encouraged, to be edified through the sharing of your holy word. It's the power of God unto righteousness and to everyone that believes this is what your word accomplishes. It's the power of God. It's you. It's the living bread come down from heaven. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory, the word of God. So I pray that today as your people listen to your word, that they will receive from it every nugget of truth that's going to transform their life and help them on the journey that they're on. I pray these prayers in the name of Jesus. And because of the power of your shed blood, those answers are ours by faith. And we receive them today. Amen. Amen. Well, the power of fasting and prayer, the power of yielding yourself to the will of God, the power of succumbing to his will. This is a discussion on prayer from the life of David, the king. I'm reading to you from the word of God, and this is what it says. David therefore besought God for the child. And David fasted and went in and lay all night up on the earth. And the elders of his house arose and stood behind him to raise him up from the earth. But he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. 
For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke unto him, and he hearkened not unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? Okay, let me interrupt the word and the reading thereof for just a moment. I just read to you how David fasted and prayed, and he stayed up all night, crying out to God, weeping, wailing, travailing, crying out through fasting and prayer regarding his son that was sick. This is the son that was born to Bathsheba. And the son was born as a result of David's adulterous affair with Bathsheba. God sent his servant, the prophet Nathan, to David. And the word of the prophet brought David under conviction. He thought his sins were hidden, but he found out that that day, nothing is ever hidden from God. And those things that are done in the secret and the dark will come to light. God was very displeased with David's actions and judgment was upon David because of his sin, because of the adulterous affair with Bathsheba, but also because he caused her husband to die in battle. He murdered her husband in essence. And now he's crying out to God because the judgment of God, the punishment that David is about to experience horrific, painful, agonizing, terrible pain because that son born to Bathsheba is dead, is dying, is sick rather, and David is fasting and praying and asking God to keep his son alive. His travail is so great, his agony so great, uh, his prayer so great that he doesn't sleep and he doesn't eat. He's praying and he's crying out to God. And I just want to say there are going to be times in all of our lives where our appetite will be taken away. Our hunger and our thirst for things will be gone. And all that we can do is cry out to God because we need his answer. We need God more than anything else that earth has to provide. We need a word from the Lord. We need to hear from God. This is a time when you don't have to be told to fast. This is a time when food doesn't matter anymore. The appetite is gone. The smell of food that used to be so wonderful is now a stench in your nose. And the thought of eating causes your stomach to get overturned with indigestion or distaste. This is the time that David was going through. He was the king, but he was on his face before God. His men, those who knew him as king, were trying to raise him up and get him to eat, but he would not eat. He wouldn't listen to them. He didn't hear them. All he heard was the cry down in his belly that he was releasing unto God, that God would have mercy and spare his son. And now, at the last thing that I read, we find out that the child has died. And that his men that have surrounded him are 
talking about this thing and they didn't know what to do. And they're saying, if we tell him he's dead, look at how he's going through right now. He looks like he's going to just fall apart and not be able to, 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 to rise up again. And David came to realize that they were talking. And at that point, he knew that the child had died. I read it again. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, and behold, while the child was yet alive, we've spoken to him and he hearkened not unto our voice. How will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw this, the servants were whispering together. David perceived that the child was dead. And David said unto his servants, is the child dead? And they said he is dead. Look at what happens next. The scripture says David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself and changed his apparel and came into the house of Jehovah and worshiped. I need you to listen to that verse right there. And look at what David did after his time of fasting and, and travail and prayer. And when what he was praying about didn't happen like he prayed, everything about David changed. The Bible says David arose from the earth. He got up from that place of fasting, travail, and prayer. He washed himself he anointed himself with oil. He changed his garment and he came into the house of Jehovah and worshiped. He worshiped the Lord. He gave God the praise. He surrendered the, himself to the will of God. He didn't point a finger of accusation against God and say, God, my son is dead. Why did you let that happen? You could have stopped this from happening, oh God. You could have healed him. You could have raised him up. Why did you do that? No, he did none of those things. He left all of that on the altar when he was fasting, when he was praying, trusting and believing in God. And finally, God's decision was made and David got up from that place of travail. He changed his garments. He washed himself up. He anointed himself with oil, changed his apparel, and then he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. I know that many of you are going through places where you're crying out to God for answers. You're crying out for healing. You're crying out for deliverance. You're crying out for salvation for loved ones. You're crying out for the end to trouble and sadness and grief and woe. You're crying out for breakthrough. You're crying out for deliverance and it doesn't happen like you prayed. The deliverance doesn't happen. The healing doesn't take place. The resurrection of the soul, mind, and body does not happen. And God gives an answer that you don't like or that you were not praying for. What do you do? 
Do you turn your back on God and say, I'll never pray again. I'll never trust God again. I'll never serve the Lord again. I'll never go to church again. God failed me. I give up on God. Is that what you're going to do? You better not do that. You better run to God as never before. Throw yourself on the altar and worship him for who he is. Not for what he's done, but for who he is. He is almighty God. He is sovereign God. He sees the whole parade. We're in the middle of it. But God sees what's behind and he sees what's before. And we're right there in the middle and we cannot give up hope because of what has happened in the middle where we are. We have to forge through that place, rise up and worship God and trust him that he knows what's best for us and that he's working everything out after the counsel of his own will, knowing that if we have sinned, there are penalties for sin. Some things happen because of sin, sins of our fathers, sins that we've committed, sins because of the judgment in the land. Some things happen that are out of our control. And even when we pray, that thing has already been set in motion that is going to happen to bring about a result that we're not pleased with. And yet God is able to turn back the hands of time. Even as Hezekiah prayed and God turned back the hands of time and added 15 years to his life because of his travailing prayer. Every answer to prayer is not going to be the answer that you're looking for or want. But does that stop you from praying? It should not. You should continue to trust God because he is sovereign. That means he is the final authority over everything that happens in your life. Everything that happens in the earth realm, God has final authority and final say-so over. Nothing is escaping the sovereignty of God. Recently in the United States, there have been balloons flying over our, our nation, surveillance balloons that had gone undetected so far until suddenly it came to our attention as a nation this was going on. And it's no telling how long it's been going on, but it, it wasn't on our radar. We weren't looking for it and therefore we didn't see it. God is not like that. There is nothing going on that is outside of God's radar. He sees every demonic spirit on assignment against our lives, against our homes, against our health. He sees the things that are going on in our body that could bring about death or sudden illness or affliction or infirmity. God already knows and when it comes to our attention, we're playing catch up, even as the United States is doing right now, playing catch up, trying to discover what's out there that was already there, that has been there for once, months or years or weeks or days. But suddenly it's on our radar and we're looking for it. We go to the doctor 
and that thing was already there that was discovered, God knew about it. And perhaps he told us about it, or perhaps he warned us about it. The pain, that persistent pain that we ignored, the lump that we ignored, the irritation that we ignored, the fever that we ignored, whatever it may have been, we ignored it. God knew about it. Perhaps he instructed us to check it out or go find a solution, but we ignored that. And then suddenly the doctor tells us about it. And all of a sudden we're down on our face, crying out to God and saying, Lord, have mercy. He will have mercy. He is a merciful God. His mercy endures forever. But the point that I'd like to make to you today is when you pray, take it to God. Leave that burden on the altar. Stand on the word and the promises of God, many of which will tell you if you ask in faith, you will receive what you ask for, that God promised to take sickness from the midst of his people, that he's the God of all flesh, that no weapon formed against you can prosper. Whatever the promise God puts in your heart, you take that to him and he watches over his word and he hastens it to perform it. Take it in faith, trusting and believing. Don't let any words come out of your mouth other than words of faith in God, knowing that he will do for you what he promised to do. Okay, back to David. David prayed in faith, but even though he prayed in faith, he understood and knew that his, his faith was a faith based upon God answering his prayers throughout his times of coming into relationship with Jehovah God. But this time, it was a judgment because of sin. And he had to pray in a different way. He wasn't praying against enemies that were enemies of God, whether he should go forward or whether he should uh, stand still. And he got an answer immediately. And he knew that he had the favor and the grace of God because of that. This was because of sin. Lord, I've sinned. Oh, my God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Psalm 51 is his prayer, and you'll see the dynamics to his prayer. Because after he prayed, he said, Lord, if you do all of this for me, if you cleanse me, if you restore me, if you take away the stain of sin out of my life, then, then I'll teach sinners your way. And many will be drawn to you because you have restored me. David prayed and cried out to God. And when God's answer came, he accepted it. And he went into the house of the Lord and he worshiped. He changed his countenance. He washed his face. He anointed his head with oil. He changed his garment. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. If you've been going through a hard time, a time of grief and sadness and despair and hopelessness and sin. And you've cried out to God for an answer. It's time to rise up. Rise up. Take that bath, that shower. Wash your face. Anoint yourself with oil. Change your garment. Change your appearance. 
and go into the house of the Lord and worship. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Don't allow the devil to keep you out of the house of God after you've gone through a horrible time in your life. That's the time to go into the sanctuary and then you will see what God wants you to see and you will experience what God wants you to experience. There's healing in the presence of the Lord. There's fullness of joy in the presence of the Lord. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is healing among the saints of the Most High God. Get among the saints. Get where the Word is being ministered, where the worship of the Lord is going on, and God will heal your wounds. He will take that heavy heart and he will give you a heart of joy and he will give you peace in the midst of your storm. Let me read on. It says, then he came to his own house, <coughs> excuse me, and when he required, they set bread before him and he did eat. He ended his fast after doing all of those things, after going into the house of God and worshiping. He ended his fast and he ate. And look what happened next. And then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou hast fasted and wept for the child while it was alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. They were baffled and confused. They didn't understand David's behavior. But this is what David said. He had to enlighten them concerning spiritual matters, which is what I want to do for you today. David said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who knows whether Jehovah will not be gracious unto me that the child may live. David was basing that fasting on prayer and prayer on the grace and the mercy of God, that despite his horrific sins, that God would be merciful to him and let that child live. But the judgment of God was in place already, and that child died. David accepted that, and he rose up and ended his fast. And he said, he's dead now. Wherefore should I fast? The fast is over. I can, can I bring him back again? He asked of his, those who were inquiring of him. And he answered, I should go to him, but he will not return to me. His life has ended, basically, David is saying, but I've got to get up and I've got to continue living. And that's what he did. And the next verse, it said, David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her. And she bare him a son, and his name is called Solomon. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Uh, this is live. I read to you from 2 Samuel 12. Verses 16 to 24. I am going to stop here for just a moment. Um, 
I'm going to put this on pause. And we're going to pick up this a little bit later. Um, I'm going to continue re- reading from the book of 2 Samuel chapter 12. Where we're talking about the life of David. The king and the power of fasting and prayer. And we can understand that it's through the power of fasting and prayer that we get tremendous answers from God. Know this as I close out this segment. There is never a failed effort when you fast and when you pray. There's never a time when you walk away and you say, God didn't hear you. He didn't answer you. Um, The Lord doesn't care. I want to encourage you if you're praying, if you're fasting, if you're seeking God, whatever it is that you're praying about according to the will of God, God hears you and he will answer your prayer. So I encourage you to pray now as never before. And from the life of David, the king, we understand that there is a power to fasting and prayer where you have to tune out every other noise, every other voice, everything and cry out to God. You have to turn over your plate and stop the drinking, stop the eating, stop the talking, stop the movie going, stop the carnality. Stop involving yourself in the world, the flesh, and the devil, these enemies against your soul, and turn your face to God in absolute surrender that God might hear you when you cry, hear you when you fast, and hear you when you pray. You know that he has heard you when he gives you his peace. For is the peace of God that passes all understanding. And when he gives you his peace, even though the answer that comes subsequently may not be the answer you prayed for, you will have his peace instead. And that is more than the world and everything in it could possibly provide. So I pray today that God would give you that peace Whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're grappling with, whatever turmoil you're dealing with, whether it deals with your health, the health of a loved one, someone you're praying for in the hospital that's in critical condition, someone that you're praying for in your neighborhood that's lost in a world of drugs and uh, carnality and, and, and sexual perversion, whatever it is, cry out to God. Don't stop in a place of um, halfway through. You quit fasting. You quit praying because you're tired or you're not seeing any results. You fast and pray according to the word and the will of God and understanding that you have to do this wisely, that you not injure your body through prolonged periods of fasting. But you dedicate a one day fast to the Lord, a two day fast, a three day fast to God. Fast and pray 
Stand on the word and the promises of God. Don't be moved by circumstantial evidence. It doesn't matter with God. God created everything in this earth that man created from what God created. If God would not have created it first, man would not have the working materials to create the things that he did. So man is taking credit for these creations around us, from the cars to the motorcycles to the buildings that reach up to the sky. Had not God given the building materials in the earth realm, man could not have done what he's done. So he still takes no credit. It all belongs to God. I'm saying to you today, God understands and knows that you're going through a challenge, health challenges, challenges with your children, challenges with your elderly adults, parents, challenges in your body, challenges in your mind, whatever the challenges may be, the Lord knows and he understands. You can take it to him in prayer and trust him to give you an answer. And when he does, and when you pray three, through, through <clears throat> you will come out victoriously and God himself will take care of you. So to God be the glory for the things that he has done. God bless you, Tay. Thank you for listening. This is Michelle with Mornings with Michelle. God bless.